We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app live sunday nights this is the john whitmer show on 98.7 and 1330 knss Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. want to remind you that you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show little Laura Kelly theme song for us there. It's always appropriate for our legislative update. Joining us now to bring us our weekly update from Topeka is State Representative Christy Williams from District 77, includes the Augusta area. Christy, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you on the show again, my friend. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. So, <clears throat> Christy, you're uh, you're the chair of the House Committee on uh, K-12 Education Budget, uh, as well as you said, I know you, you've got a busy schedule up there. One of the things that I know you guys have recently taken up, uh, this was a last year proposal to expand parents' choice and ensure choice in education uh, fell short in the Senate by one vote, due mostly to politics uh, amongst a couple of the Republican senators. Now your committee is taking up the, uh, the bill again, correct? Yes, we're taking up that bill as well as at least three other choice bills. So you've got, I know, uh, and I'm sure you're, you're now being accused of hating kids and hating teachers and all the usual rhetoric that comes from the education establishment folks. But, I mean, this has got education savings accounts uh, as along with a bill that allows students to enroll in any public district statewide. So you're, you're, I've never liked the idea of your zip code should determine you know what school you go to it really does put the power back in the hands of parents is kind of what you're trying to do right you bet you know what if we just ask one question what is best for our kids we'll come out with a whole different set of policies than we do today well and you know you're we're already hearing the the same tired arguments from the KNEA, the, the education establishment, the KASB, 
yeah, this will destroy public schools and, and private schools don't have the same rules and schools should not be profit. There's no accountability. Uh, of course, the best accountability comes from choice. But really, I mean, your, your, your goal here, I imagine, is to just try and infuse, first off, choice, but, but competition and, and, and lift all boats, right? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we know that when kids have an opportunity to choose what's best for them, parents have that opportunity, then we have a greater likelihood that kids are going to succeed. Not every kid can uh, succeed in every different environment. They need different uh, opportunities. And so for some, it might be a virtual school. For some, it's a public school. For some, it's a smaller environment where they can get um, you know, uh, one-on-one attention. So it's one size does not fit all for our kids. And we need to just wake up and free the children and serve kids first. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and I think so many of these arguments have been proven to be, well, frankly, bogus. Choice doesn't mean the elimination of public schools. It just means they have to compete and they they have to improve. Private schools are in the same business. They want to educate kids. It's not like they're trying to put public schools out of business. They just want to do the same thing. They want to educate kids. And and if if the public schools, you know, can compete and and improve, and then all kids get the same education. That isn't that really the goal? What we're going for here? Well, it is, but you know, more than that, even we just want to unbundle access. And what that really means is that the child is the access point, not the system. So we're putting the child over the system. And I, I should just uh, clarify, and I say this all the time, I am pro-public school. Four of my children have either graduated from public schools or are currently in a public school. So they can serve uh, a large community of students quite effectively. However, there are lots of reasons that parents need exit ramps so that their child has the best opportunity to succeed. And frankly, um, the success rate in some of our schools is not great. We can't have 70% of our students not proficient at reading. And so I'm concerned about that, and I want to give uh, parents the opportunity to get their kids in an environment that they can succeed. Yeah, and it seems sometimes that some on the other side of this issue have lost that. They, they seem almost like they're more concerned about protecting this, like, I loved how you said the system, because that seems like sometimes that's what they're more concerned about is protecting the system than they are ensuring that kids get the education and the support that they need. Um, where, where do they stand now? Where do these bills stand now? What, what's, where, what are we looking at? Okay, so there's, I mentioned we had four choice bills. We have a part-time enrollment bill that would make it mandatory for schools to allow students to part-time enroll. That means virtual or homeschool or private or public. We really want to build more bridges for our children and and tear down some of the restrictive walls that are just not necessary. Um, Another bill uh, deals with participation in athletics and other activities, anything extracurricular. Again, the idea is to allow communities to uh, come together for these activities regardless of where, whether or not you attend that public school. And right now, 30 states allow that. I think Kansas should be an open access state on that front. And then the other two bills you've mentioned, one's the open enrollment, which is public school. That means your zip code, as you said so eloquently, 
doesn't determine where you go to school. And the other one is um, the education savings account. And that one is an exciting one in which your base state aid can go or follow the the child. Ultimately, um, we would love for every child to have that opportunity. This bill uh, mirrors last year's, which would be at-risk kids. So basically, there are 11 different um, categories for qualifiers for at-risk. It could be dyslexia. It could be not reading at grade level. Um, There's a whole host of at-risk identifiers, and any child that fell in that um, identify category and receive services would be eligible. So that's a lot, a lot of activity. No, it is. And this, that last element, that's the key. You know, I know the uh, folks who are opposed to these bills keep bringing up the, the, the lawsuits and the courts, but the courts have always emphasized that last component, that helping, making sure to target at-risk kids what better way than to do something like an ESA that allows a parent to take at-risk kids and help them find a school that may be better suited, that might help them get a better education, or just find a better home for them where they can get the, the education they need? It, it just seems so custom-tailored custom to at-risk youth, and yet you know what the opposition is going to say. And absolutely. And honestly, uh, the public schools know that it, it or actually they receive more funding for kids that are harder to educate. We have an at risk weighting that's based on low income free lunch. And so this would say, you know what, we're not cherry picking anyone. This bill just says, we will open the door for those kids that are struggling. And we want to be sure that we help those kids first and foremost. And ultimately in Kansas, uh, choice will you know, follow every child. But for this bill, it's just those kids that are most at risk. I do think it's funny that most of your Democrat colleagues, the same ones that are pro-choice when it comes to abortion, are anti-choice when it comes to education. Christy, can you uh, stick around through the break? I've I've got a bunch of other things I'd love to ask you about. Sure. Thank you. Perfect. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Representative Christy Williams. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. With us still is State Representative Christy Williams bringing us a little legislative update from Topeka. Christy, let me ask you, we just had Dave Traubert from Kansas Policy on. I, I had an opportunity to talk to Stephen Owens last week about the plan to offer this unnamed company a, a billion dollars or more in incentives and I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I think you and I are of the same mindset. We, we kind of hate incentives, but we know we have to do them in order to play the game. Um, where are you on this? See, I, I'm sure you're, you're similarly uh, kind of don't like the fact that we're 
at the whims of the Kelly administration. Have, they, have you gotten any more information than most of your colleagues? Well, I do serve on commerce, so I do have a, a, a position on it. And it it does it is a tough position, though, meaning that uh, we don't love the idea of economic incentives. We sure wish we didn't have to offer them. But we've got states like Texas and South Carolina and Tennessee that have pretty uh, – a large uh, war chest that they can use to attract companies and to pirate our own. So um, if if we can take this economic development uh, incentive program and design it in such a way that it may be catalyzed by one particular company, but if it can be used to attract others, it could be an economic win for Kansas. So it's really on on. Well, the devil's in the details. Yeah, yeah. Do you like the idea with the, what the Senate did, putting the cut in uh, corporate income taxes into the bill? Because I kind of like that idea. At least that way they're helping other businesses, particularly small businesses, considering you know, you've got a huge incentive for, in particular, a single company here. Do you like that idea? Of course. I think that if this provides an economic benefit, as they suggest it will to our state, and as it should, if you bring a $4 billion uh, corporation, then yes, all of our corporations should have that benefit. The only thing that we might be you know, considering, um, the Senate version provided that cut, that uh, half percent cut for our uh, corporations, but we also have LLCs and right. uh, other Payers, and so perhaps we should be considering all of Kansans. Uh, amen. Preach it. Uh, I'm with you on that. The other element of this uh, this uh, incentive package was the forgiveness. I think is the word of the the, the fact that we may end up uh, under certain circumstances after we have forgiven their in, their income tax, we may end up writing checks to this company. That, I think, is the sticky part of this. Um, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like we're, we're putting a whole lot on this company. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it passes? Where do you think your colleagues, what kind of feel are you getting from them? Well, normally, I wouldn't be a fan of refundable uh, credits. But uh, you know what? In this particular case, businesses of this size and most corporations aren't going to have an income uh, for three, four, maybe even 10 years. They have depreciation that factors in. And so realistically, if it was non-refundable, it wouldn't be an incentive. And I hate to say it that way, but that is the reality of the position we are in. So I think the idea would be to uh, expand it out more years so they couldn't realize the, the benefit uh, over just three years, but, it, but uh, expand it over 10. I think that's helpful. I think it's also helpful to make sure we are strong on the clawbacks. And another thing is, is make sure that there's, um, if we, there's plenty of transparency and checks and balances. And the latest changes from, or the recommended changes on the House side would include the State Finance Council reviewing um, the, the three largest incentives of this package. And so I think that's pretty important and that's helpful to make sure that this powerful apex um, new legislation also has a equally transparent check and balance. Uh, that's good. I, th- I think that's good. Well, I, I know 
where are we at now? It's it's in committee still. It hasn't passed out. Then it goes to the floor, assuming it passes out of committee, correct? Yes, that's correct. Actually, we have not begun working it. We have begun talking about it, looking at amendments. So um, we'll have to see how many days it might take for us to work through the details of the bill. And they are, they're evolving. Well, and I know this, the administration's kind of pushing you on timeline on that. So I, I wish you all the best with that one. I saw the Wichita Eagle. I, I know, you know, usually it, it makes really, really excellent birdcage liner, but occasionally they have an interesting story or two. This week they ran a story that saying that the odds have improved for legalized sports betting. You and I, uh, you know, have, I know I dealt with that every year, it seemed like, in the legislature. What are you hearing on on that? I mean, that it, that in particular is interested to folks down here in Sedgwick County because immediately people think, "Ooh, dog track." What are you hearing on that? Yeah, you know, it's it always comes down to the House version uh, compared to the Senate version, and if we can get agreement, and and so. It, um, I think that most people in the Capitol right now were really focused on making sure those redistricting maps are finalized. And then once that's completed, then I think you're right. Uh, there is some room for a lot of other interesting pieces of legislation to uh, fight over. You know, the nice thing is, is you guys are putting the high priority items first. So often, you know, I mean, so often it seems like those high priority items get put towards the end of session, sometimes to use as an incentive to get people to vote for things. I'm glad to see that you've put the things like redistricting at the front of the agenda. So we get the big stuff out of the way. So worst case scenario, at least if we get to time crunch, we've done the stuff that had to be done. I think that's a a good decision by leadership, frankly, to do it that way. Absolutely. And we did it last year as well with a value them both amendment. We were past that. And uh, I think that this year with this item, it is the most crucial item that we need to complete. And uh, we need to override the governor's veto on it this week. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up. I've talked to, again to a couple members of leadership. They seem pretty confident on both sides, but it's going to take all hands on deck. I know you've had a few people out for various reasons, do you think uh, you'll be able to get enough votes in the House to override that veto? I, I really do. That day that we voted, uh, we probably had at least three or four Republicans absent. You mentioned that. And I believe our vote count was 79 to 34 uh, or somewhere in that area. It was close, so, yeah. 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 So I, I definitely think we can pick up the votes that we need. And you also had a few that voted absent or present, I believe. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think you can make it in the Senate. I think I think we can make it work. Um, anything coming up in the next week or two that we should be looking out for? You know, we're all trying to hustle and, and finalize our bills before turnaround. So um, I would just keep your eyes out for uh, this House Bill 347, which is the big uh, apex bill, the redistricting uh, override. And in K-12 budget, it would be my hope that we could bundle some good policy with the $5 billion. 
Christy, I appreciate you coming on. I know you, you've been uh, out of town, and so you called in to join us tonight. I appreciate that. If folks want to follow you, I know you're very active. You've got a great website. It's christywilliamshouse.com. They can find you there. They can also find you active on Facebook and Twitter as well. If they, uh, if, if they want to stay in touch with you, those are the best ways to reach out, correct? Sure. And they can call my office at the Capitol. They can look at uh, our uh, Kansas legislature website and get more information on how to email me. Christy, I appreciate you. Carry on the fight, my friend. Keep up the good work. Thank you, John. You too. Appreciate you. So in the in the minute or so that I have left, I just want to point out a couple of things. We're going to have uh, state, uh, we're going to have, excuse me, County Commissioner Jim Howell with us. We had planned on having Kyle Merritt with us. He's got a new organization called uh, Campus Freedom that's, that's working together to uh, actually drive uh, campus recruitment for conservatives and actually act as a watchdog organization for liberal activists and, and some of these woke policies on campuses. He's had to reschedule tonight, which is why we're fortunate enough to have Leo Delperdang join us. Both of those will be coming up here in the next hour, and we will reschedule so we'll have Kyle Merritt with us again, if not next week or the following, we'll have him with us. Speaking of next week, another scheduling update for you. I know the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl, but we fan, I'm sorry about that, but we did figure that you would want to watch the Super Bowl. So we're going to take a break. Next Sunday, we will not be with you next Sunday. We figure you guys will want to watch the Super Bowl. But after that, we're back. We're back. We're back for good. No more football uh, rescheduling, no more getting delayed or preempted by football, at least until September. So we'll have, we'll be, we'll be back and we'll be back for good again. So let's give you a couple of updates there along those lines. Also want to let you know, reminder, the Republican state convention is coming up next month and it's here in Wichita. So be ready for that. We'll have more information as the, uh, as the schedule comes out, we'll have guests. We're going to have some neat things. We'll have some people on to kind of promote that and let you know about that. That's all coming up in March. We'll have more information on that as we get a little bit closer to the date. We'll take a break. Stick around because after the top of the hour break, County Commissioner Jim Howell will be with us here in studio. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 